Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Literature Wednesday. Yes, that's right. We're kicking off a brand new book this uh, week, this month. Um, So hopefully you didn't miss our Friday episode. And um, I'm going to have to get Jake to go back and check it out himself. (laughs) Um, But uh, we sat down with, um, I got to sit down with Pastor Jonathan Hansen and chat about the new book we're starting, which is Prince Caspian. Super exciting. Um, And it was really cool. We got some really good insights. We got some of his favorite moments um, in the book. And uh, just all around, it was a great uh, chat, very insightful, and, and just a lot of fun. So if you haven't had a chance, go back and check out the Friday episode, uh, because there's just so much cool stuff that, that we talked about there. So, um, But uh, this is the episode where we start to delve into this. So we actually read the first four chapters, um, and we're going to be discussing those. So if you haven't had a chance to, to do that, um, that's all right, you know. Just watch out because spoilers are coming your way. Um, but uh, for future reference, we are going to be reading three chapters every week moving forward over the next couple of weeks um, for the rest of this month. So we got there's 15 chapters now. So we got the four that we read this week and we're going to discuss. Mm-hmm. And then there's three every consecutive week after this. So um, so make sure you've you've read those chapters in the book. As always, we are not an audiobook. We are not uh, the um, paid audiobook version of the Chronicles of Narnia. That's not what you, you, you must have accidentally hit the wrong button there, sir. Uh, we are giving our commentary, our uh, insights, um, things we found interesting, things we really liked um, in maybe a 20 minute episode, maybe a half hour episode. So uh, yeah, this is this is going to be a lot of fun. These first four chapters were setting up the characters, getting into the story, discussing um, things about time, generations, um, and then introducing a brand new character that we've yet to meet. And um, it's a spoiler alert. <clears throat> it's the guy who the book was named after. So there's that. And um, <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot there. So this will be cool. Uh, but before we get into all that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And of course, Wednesday means Jake does that. So take it away, dude. Yeah, and our verse this week is Psalms 20, verse 7 through 8. And it says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand up. And again, that was Psalms 20, verse 7 through 8. And this is very interesting. Something that we have to understand from that is we we do actually, as Americans, I was going to say, as as people, we don't necessarily trust in our in our military. But as Americans, yes, we we certainly do. We we put a very a undue. On that front. We do, we do. We put a very uh, high uh, amount of trust in our military, or even even in our police forces. Um, yeah. especially as Republicans, I, I would say this is that's less yeah. for, um, which is weird. Uh, libertarians we're usually or the, the freedom loving people. And we're, and yet we're the ones who are like, yeah, tyranny. Yeah. Big right. military. Whoa. Right. Bring out the big guns. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what happened there guys? <laughs> yeah. And even this is talking about, uh, what I wanted to say is that 
we should also take this in, in smaller matters as well. We should take this in the case of we don't trust in our money. We don't trust in our our everyday normal physical things, right? Even though Bruce and I have gone over before that those are still things that God gives us. Those are still things that are needed that we need to use, right? We were talking about angels in the architecture, making the things of this world look beautiful. There is a reason to the physical things of this world. However, it shouldn't be where our trust is. The reason that we that we work towards making things beautiful, making things in this physical realm good, um, or that we obtain wealth is because of what God commanded us to do. Um, and for the specific case of wealth, there is a sense of inheritance. There is a sense of growing. There is a sense of building culture, um, using that money for the growth of culture, using the money for the growth of, uh, Christ's church using that money for inheritance. Um, so these types of things, the reason that we do them is because we put our trust in the Lord, not because we simply just want to do them. Um, so this, the fact also, this should be taken with, um, uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God, right? This mm. should be putting in first, putting first the God's will, putting first and trusting in God first, and yeah. um, all these things will be added unto you. The things that it's talking about, money, wealth, clothing, food, all that. Um, so those things we don't trust in. We don't trust in chariots. We do not protect. We do not trust in the protection that chariots and horses give us. Uh, or our military, we trust that God will protect us. And that is through earthly means. I'm not talking about some like mystical force field that happens, but, um, <laughs> but that this is through, uh, maybe the military, but it's through earthly means. But yeah, so, yeah. hopefully Amen. that was somewhat incitive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was really good. Cause it's, it's not just the physical horses or physical chariots, because a lot of times we can look at some of the things in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant and think, oh, that couldn't apply to us today because we don't we don't ride in chariots. You know, we don't yeah. ride horses commonly today and we miss the point. Um, and so what you were doing was showing the point. Hey, the point is don't trust in the things that you think look powerful in our in our world, the things right. of this world <clears throat> are not nearly as powerful as the one who created them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's yeah. to the same effect of, um, what was it? There's a phrase that in a sense, the, the, what it means is money runs the world, right? Everybody hmm. like, uh, yeah. cash is king. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it is. it's like, uh, no, no, we don't trust in cash. We don't trust <laughs> in money. Cash yeah. is not king. The king is king. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. And, and so that is, uh, if you're new to the show, that's our verse of the week segment that we just wrapped up there. We, uh, throughout the week, all three episodes, we discuss a verse that we break down Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the beginning of the week. Cause Hey, when we first started out this show and it's only grown in this sense ever since we meant this to be a Christian worldviews show and podcast. And so the best way to do that is to make the Bible and Christ the center of what we do, what we're talking about. And we figured, hey, one of the best ways to 
frame our discussion is to kick off the episode with a verse. And so we try to do that on each episode. Um, all right. So thank you for that, Jake. Moving into our chapters, we have, uh, like I said, four chapters. So I'll just read out the names and then we'll go from there. First chapter is <laughs> As is Island. customary. As is tradition, indeed. Yeah. So chapter one is the island. Chapter two is the ancient treasure house. Chapter three is the dwarf. And chapter four is the dwarf tells of Prince Caspian. So um, those are the chapters we read this week. Hopefully you read them as well and got caught up with us there. But the uh, the interesting thing and this these chapters didn't um, disappoint on this front is how Lewis in each book ha- brings people from our world into Narnia, right? That's always the question when you start out the book is like, oh, how, yeah. how's it going to happen this time, right? Like what's going to happen this, this time around to get people into the world of Narnia? Is it going to be a bunch of puddles in the middle of, of uh, foreign wood with some different colored rings? Is it going to be a, uh, a box, Wardrobe. a wooden box full of coats? Is it yeah. going to be, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's all sorts of different ways to, to bring people in. And as it turns out, in this case, none of the above. <laughs> it's, uh, hey, you could just be sitting on a, on a bench <laughs> and all of a sudden something train pulls station. at you yeah. and you, you get pulled into the world of Narnia. So that was, it was really, it's always interesting to like sit there and be like, oh, how's this, how's this going to happen this time around? Um, yeah. And it always happens so quickly. Like you expect there to be a bit like you're going into this magical world where things are happening. And so you expect there to be like this process. And there was in the magician's nephew that we talked about, there was that process. But in this book, it was just like, boom, there you go. The the yeah. wardrobe was like the same way. You're just walking through and boom, you're in, which, which was really cool. Um, well, so now that there's a connection in a, in a sense between Narnia and the real world, um, like was set up in uh, Magician's Nephew. Now there's that connection. Now there's this um, link. So it's it's much easier, in a sense, to get from world oh, to world. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool thought. I don't know if that's what was intended, but that would seem like it's I mean, the, it's the, the case, knowing all the other books. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's kind of neat. Well, it is cool. Like right at the beginning of Narnia, when everything's fresh and growing, like it, it had that unique new quality to it where like literally anything you could plant, anything you planted grew into yeah. a tree of that kind. So like the gold tree and the silver tree and the, um, the yeah. lamppost, right from the iron bar, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, I wonder if it grew that like connection between the two, the two worlds. That's yeah. very interesting. Um, so yeah, so, so anyways, they're immediately dropped onto what they would discover is an island. Um, and everything's kind of like, oh, man, this is, this is strange. This is like unfamiliar territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and over the course of the story, we're introduced to the fact that, oh, actually, this should be very familiar territory because this is Castle Caraparavel, right? This is, this is where the kings and queens, all four of them, reigned for... I mean, we aren't told exactly how long, but decades at least. Yeah. So it should be fairly familiar territory, but it isn't, which it's, is very It's interesting. very interesting that they, in a sense, when they first arrived, um, you can see their comfortableness, not fright. They were not afraid. 
when they first arrived. Yeah. Lucy even said, do you think this is Narnia? In an excited tone. What I would imagine is an excited tone. Because, and with that, I also think of something very also interesting is that these are these are kings and queens and then they go back to the real world. They go back to... Um, yeah, I, I say the real world. They're both, in a sense, real our worlds, world. But yeah. Our world, yes. <laughs> um, but they go back to our world, and they're kids, right? And no one would, if by looking at them, no one would assume that they're kings and queens, you know? Um, yeah. And of yeah. course, if they said anything like that, they would be considered absolutely bonkers, which <laughs> right. you you notice in Voyage of the Dawn Treader. But, um, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. something interesting on that on that front too is, and this is something that okay. So I've been in teaching positions for a long time. I've taught at my own company, taught software engineering, robotics. I've taught music for years. I teach right now at a local music school here in Moscow, um, and the company that I'm actually leaving. And I'm joining, oh, by the way, I get to work at Red Balloon starting next week. Woo! It's my new, <laughs> my new job. So super excited. I haven't announced that yet. Anyways, that, next week, I'm very excited. But the company that I was at for the last three months, four months, I was a teacher. Um, and, you know, was the senior program educator at, at this company and taught courses and helps instructors teach better and all these different things, right? What you learn as a teacher to teach better is you set a bar. You have a, 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 an expectation, a goal that you don't lower just because they're kids, <laughs> right? So, mm. uh, or just because they're beginner adults and you're like, ah, we can't really expect them to know this. What's interesting is that people almost always rise to the occasion. So, and, and I find it interesting. God expects a lot out of us, right? Like he's given us the great commission, make disciples of all nations, make Every nation disciple for yeah. Christ. I mean, good grief. <laughs> That's the bar. And it's way up there, right? You're looking yeah. up and you're like, I can barely see the bar. It's so high. You know, like, <laughs> so like convert the world, basically. Yeah. 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 Which is not just convert, but disciple like that. There's right. convert. That's true. That's and then true. there's, yeah, but yeah. I, it's insane. So that you have to convert first and then you have to disciple, it's which disciple. is yeah. bonkers. So, so anyways, all of that, but there's a line in here and I don't know if I can find it exactly, but there's something about, um, we are in, uh, let's see, we're, we're in Narnia now. We don't have to act like children. Um, where mm. is that line? Oh man, I wish I could find that, but it's, uh, oh, let's see. I'm on page 10. Better save them. Uh, greater than out in the sun. What is it? Oh my goodness! Yeah, I wish I could it's, exactly. Anyways, it's certainly very I, cool. The that dynamic. The the their children yeah. in that world, and then kings and queens. Because and because that's what's expected of them, right? Yeah. That's so like true. In, in our world, they're expected to just be kids. Like in our world, oh, they're kids. I mean, who takes them seriously, right? And think about it as well. Uh, from a, a secular perspective of child rearing, right? Like, oh, they're they're kids. Like, we can't expect you know, that much of them. Like, we can't expect them to be responsible. I mean, they're just teenagers, you know. Which is why we don't call, you know, like Dad talked about this all the time. Our dad, right? Like, young adults, not teenagers. 
It's different. Mm-hmm. You're there when you're a teenager. You're not a teenager, right? Because that has connotations that are like, eh, teenage, just dumb, you know, no self-responsibility. But young adult carries with it, oh, you're an adult who's younger. You know, like, yeah, time to step up to the plate. Like, this is important. And so when you're, you're like, going into adulthood, you're, you're in the stages right. of early adulthood, act yeah. like it, you know? Exactly, exactly. So when they do something wrong... It, that has higher stakes and we take it very seriously. And, you know, like mm-hmm. I can remember <laughs> like our mom, whenever we would, you know, like do something wrong, we would have to, there were repercussions and we'd always sit down and be like, okay, why did you do that? What were your motivations? When we were too young to know, she'd be like, these were your motivations. Yeah. This <laughs> you is did what it you because of these reasons, right? You yeah. were selfish. So you need to confess that sin to God. You were prideful. You thought about your needs before the needs of the person that you just took that toy from. <laughs> mm-hmm. Five years old. These are the things that she was talking about. You know, so yeah. walking through why you did what you did when you were too young to know those things for yourself, instead of just saying, don't take that toy, go sit in the corner for 10 seconds or whatever. You know, like, no, it's like, well, they're kids, but they also have a hard issue. Souls. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard issue. And we need to discuss it, the it, deeper. To your same point of expect expect more no. uh, than what they currently are because don't, don't just expect kids to, Oh, even if I explain it, they won't understand. No explain. Right. And even if, even if they may not understand directly in the moment, those are things that you, when they turn a young adult, they will go back to and remember. Yes. yes. Yeah. Train a child in the way they should go. When they are old, they will not, they will not depart, depart yeah. from it. Right. Yeah. So anyways, that, that struck me just that one line. And I was like, Oh man, right. now that, that Thought has some these things. interesting. Yeah. Interesting things, implications. So, um, anyways, chapter two, <laughs> we got three more chapters <laughs> here and <laughs> 10 minutes to get through them. Um, chapter two, the ancient treasure house. And if you've read this chapter, uh, do we spoil it? Do we not spoil it? We can't, we kind of can't spoil it, but it's in the title. It's like, Oh, not what you would expect. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool. Like, as it turns out, they're in the ruins of their old, old castle, their old house. Um, yeah. And this was neat. You know, like, the way that time works in this series is Lewis took this really cool approach of being able to discuss hundreds of years generationally with the same characters, mm-hmm. seeing generation after generation grow. And it's kind of like us going back and, like, studying older his, old like medieval Christianity like we did and, and other eras, uh, the Reformation and, and all these different things. But we don't actually get to live it. In this series, like the same characters get to live in all these different generations yeah. and see the world transform and change and go through dark periods and then bright yeah. periods and then, you know, be part of all these things over the course of hundreds of years, which is really right. neat. It's really cool. Like without having time travel, there's basically time travel. It's just like time dilation, I guess is the official term. Um, it, was, it was really neat. So like what happened in this series was they thought just a year had passed since the last, since really since um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Because like as Pastor Hanson was saying, that's the subtitle, Return to Narnia, Prince Caspian, Return to Narnia. So none of the other books have a subtitle, but this book does. Um, and it's meant to pick up where... Um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe left off. So, like, Horse and His mm. Boy happened in between there, technically, because 
you know, all the rest of them were in the book. So it took place during their time in Narnia. So it did happen in between. But really, this picks up right after the end of Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, which, which is cool. Yeah. Um, so, but, but anyways, that, that was a neat that was a neat thing I noticed. Did you have anything there, on that front? Or in there this was also you you could see that the the way he Lewis reveals this, the fact that there was a familiar familiarity, that's that that's the word. Um with how they were walking around these ruins. They were in these ruins, the children were in yeah. these ruins. And I, whether it be Edmund, I forget exactly who it was, but it was like, yeah, there should be a door here. And mm. and Peter's like, what do you mean? There's what we've never been here. What do you, what do you mean you think there's a door here? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there was a door there, you know, um, because they had been there before. They had been there for a large majority of their lives. Um, but yep. Yep. very interesting what they, they find all their old tools. So they find all their um, all their gear and stuff. And there was something I wanted to bring up at that spot then, um, which was which was neat. You know, in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, you have this redemption arc of Edmund, right? Mm. But while he's going deeper into sin, if you will, right, on the downward trend before what Aslan did from him, for, for him, going down, things are still happening in the world, Right. They, the others meet up with Santa, right? And then they're given all these gifts and they're given and they face these battles and all this different stuff. Um, but then after the, after the redemption, going back up, the world still has consequences, right? So, mm. and we're told that one of those consequences still carries over into this book for Edmund. He didn't get any gifts, he wasn't given any gifts because he wasn't there at that time to receive those gifts. Now that right. he was still welcomed back, he was still redeemed, he was still restored, he was, you know, able to fight the good fight and is on the right side of things now. But still to this day in the book consequences. Consequences, right? Very realistic. When we're in our sin, right? We're messing things up. <laughs> we're committing, I, I think it's um who is it that says uh, cosmic treason? Cosmic uh, treason, Sproul. right? R.C. Sproul, right? Exactly. We're we're committing that cosmic treason constantly, and that has repercussions. That messes things up. And so, mm-hmm. even when we're redeemed, even when we're brought out of that, we fight the good fight of the faith. After Christ works in us, the Holy Spirit works in us, re- re- restores us, is is working to restore us. We still have to face the repercussions of what we did, right? Because we still made those decisions. Because that's deep down, we are totally depraved. That's our nature. We want that more than anything to sin. And the only thing that keeps us from that is the redemption of Christ, is the cross, right? So Yeah. So and just- and God has this balance of of justice and mercy, right? Yeah. Justice still needs to take its toll. Mercy relieves that. Mm. But just justice is still there. Justice still has to be performed. Yeah. Even though, even, well, not even though mercy took it away. Mercy (laughs) did take justice away, but there are things that there's still repercussions that that happen afterwards. Um, they are much lessened because of mercy. 
but yeah yeah yep yep no absolutely absolutely so those were some of our some of my takeaways some of your takeaways from chapter two chapter three this was cool this was just a fun uh fun mm-hmm. chapter we're introduced to some lore of the what is it called new narnia i guess would be the way to describe that whole culture after it was invaded and all that stuff, which we're going to talk about in the next chapter. Um, but in the new Narnia now, all the things that were magical and exciting and different about Narnia from, from our world are scary now mm. in the new Narnia, right? Like don't, 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 don't go into the woods. There's, there's, scary ghosts there and they're going to shoot arrows at your helmet right <laughs> right um that that's what they thought you know in this chapter mm-hmm. um so that was interesting i was like okay all the things that used to be awe-inspiring and just like the first time magician's nephew first time you 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 know the first joke came from a talking animal right. all these all of these incredible fabulous things that uh, aslan sung into existence are now scary. And these people have twisted and perverted what was beautiful to now not being that, to being horrifying. And they don't want to, they want to run from it. They're scared of it the whole time. So that was, that was really interesting. That was kind of the end of this, this third chapter, but you're, you're introduced. There's more of that throughout the book, but you're introduced to this running theme throughout the book. So that was one of the things I took away. Anything in chapter three, Jake, you wanted to bring up? Not much. This is just a, a revealing of their kingly and queenly status to the the people around. Not yeah. I, I say the people around, but it's just a dwarf. One dwarf. Um, <laughs> it's just hey, one hey, dwarf. dwarves are people too. No, <laughs> yeah. they're called little people. No, I think this one's a dwarf. <laughs> little people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure this one is exactly a dwarf. It's a lot of facial hair. <laughs> so that makes him a dwarf. But um yeah. but yeah. The this I think this is something Bruce wants to mention or that we both want to mention the fact that this is and I think it was mentioned on what, Friday. But that this is more of a story. There aren't as lot more there aren't as meant much theological implications as there are where as there were you in the other books from the last 25 minutes of conversation we just had right right <laughs> mainly this is this is really us talking about just things yeah. we thought of when we heard certain words in the book it wasn't necessarily that the book was trying to initially Intended. portray that yeah. um we're just taking from it but um this one is a little bit less heavy on that but it's it's there for the the story aspect adventure and this is certainly a great read because of that because this is a very obvious implication of christian work shouldn't suck right christian uh art shouldn't suck christian stories right shouldn't suck right should be just as adventurous and interesting to read and captivating of the imagination yeah yep Yep. No, that's great, Jake. Yeah, great insight. Um, and then finally, chapter four. This is where we're given the, the history behind what went down 
over the last year in our world and and several, I think, hundred years in the Narnian world. Um, and it's interesting. It's really just, to me, what stood out was the stark contrast of two generations. One generation conquers another uh, group of people. One group from one generation conquers another group. And then the second generation living under that conquering has already wiped out tons of history and, and just mm -hmm. general facts, right? Like, no, 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 there was, there were no, there's no such thing as dwarves. Like right. they're just, I'm talking what do you animals. Mean? No, yeah. You can't just deny that they exist. Like, well, there's no such thing as the sun, which that <laughs> comes up later, right? Different book. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just it's like, true. yeah. Denying I just remembered things. what you were referring to, but yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like just denying obvious things that just exist. I mean, that <clears throat> that doesn't sound familiar at all. I mean, there's no. That's not even no gaslighting. No. What's a what's what's a what's a woman? <clears throat> so, I mean, just <laughs> like, and and just a generation, they're able to just flip a switch mm -hmm. and wipe all these things out. Now it wasn't obviously flipping a switch. I mean, hundreds of lives were lost thousands of lives, right? Like there's, there's blood. And I'm talking about this from our world too, right? Like look at the war between the States, for example, this is an unpopular one today because it's so real. Much of their history was wiped out of the Confederate uh, States, right? Like, yeah. In the in the reconstruction, so much of their rich culture was crushed. The victors under the hand of history. tyranny of the north. Yeah. Yeah. And the victors got to rewrite history. They got to feel like they were the ones who were in the right. Oh, let's reframe it as if we were fighting for slavery instead of what we actually fought for, right? Right. So all of that happened and it happens today as well. So Anyway, so there's 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 a lot there, and I think that there's there are a lot of implications um, that we can that we can draw from that. But that that was something that was interesting to me. But you know, not to completely dehydrate all the wonderful <laughs> juicy storytelling in these chapters. Go read them for yourself. Those were some of our thoughts, and uh, we hope you we hope you enjoyed. And uh, Jake, thanks so much for your observations throughout the episode, and also mm -hmm. on the verse that was awesome if you and the audience liked this uh this episode liked our thoughts and want to share them we would really appreciate that also leave us a comment let us know did we did we grab some of the things that you thought were some of the funnest things to talk about or did we miss some stuff because we probably did let us know in the comments or send us an email trdshow at protonmail.com and as always check out our website which is trdshow.net we got merch Probably on Fridays. We do casual Fridays around here on this show. So you're going to see us representing some of some of our merch probably. Uh, we got mugs. We got all sorts of stuff. So go to trdshow.net. Check that out. And um, thank you all so, so much for watching. And we will see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Jesus.